Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together to worship you. Father, we pray now for open hearts and open minds. Father, that we pray that this word will go out and will not return void. And we give you the praise and honor and the glory in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. <clears throat> so this old hillbilly had been dating this girl for a while, and she had been harping on him about a date night. So he decided Friday night was going to be date night. He put on his, his cleanest pair of jeans and his nicest pair of boots, and he even washed his truck. And they drove into town, and they're walking down the main little drag, and they walk in front of a really, really nice restaurant. And the smell is just intoxicating as it comes out the front door. And the girlfriend said, oh, my, that's got to be the, the best-smelling restaurant I have ever walked past in my entire life. And they walked on a little bit, and the old boy said, you know, I ought to spoil her. I mean, it is date night, right? I'm going to walk her by and let her smell it again. <clears throat> In my world. <clears throat> All right, so um, we, we talked about last week speaking up and, and encouraging ourselves, right? And, and being better, right? Better workers, better bosses, better kids, better parents, better everything, right? The more <clears throat> we have on the inside of us, the more God is on the inside of us, the more our light shines into the community. So we're going to talk about today is being a bodybuilder. Anybody in here have a pump in the iron? Be bodybuilder? No? Steven. Steven's a bodybuilder. Steven's bodybuilding is more in this shape than it is this shape. <clears throat> no, so our job is to build up the body of Christ, right? Our, our job is, as Christians is to build up the body of Christ. And as we come together as one body, all the pieces have a function. And if you don't think your body has all the pieces have a function, smash your finger with a hammer and then walk around all week and see how many times you feel that. Because you don't think that one little fingernail could bother you, but if you get it infected or you get it hurt, it affects every... You, you stop reaching for the door the right way. I mean, I, right? I got one right now. That thumb has hurt for two weeks that I smashed. And every time I reach for... I've been trying to open doors left-handed and it's difficult. But in that one little place, it affected my whole body. So when you think you don't have, have a part of this, I don't care if you're the little piece of the fingernail on the outside edge, you have an important part. And it's the same with fingers and toes and eyelashes and noses and everything else. So we're going to start today. <clears throat> oh, that was interesting. In Corinthians. Sorry about that. In Corinthians. The first one of them, <clears throat> and I'm going to read this scripture, right? And we will go through it. It's a long scripture. I get told <clears throat> that I read really fast, and it's because I'm nervous and I don't want to mess up any of the words, but I will slow down Crystal as best I can. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, <clears throat> um, verse 12, just as the body, though it has many parts, but all of its many parts from one body, so is with it with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were all given <clears throat> one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, one part but of many. So, I'm going to stop right there. We'll go back to this in just a second. My new book ain't quite, come on, baby. All right, so, young or old, 
slave or free, Jew or Gentile, white or black or green or pink or yellow or purple, you have a job to do in the body of Christ. And our job in the body of Christ, along with other things, right? We should be the hands and feet of Christ. We should be going about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We should be showing those fruit, right? But we should go into the world <clears throat> and we should be looking to add people to the body of Christ. And that doesn't seem like that's it's weird, right? Because to add people, it's not a, it's not easy to add. It's not easy to add people, right? Takes a minute. Takes you know nine or ten months, right? Takes some stretch marks. Takes some some days that where I can't get comfortable to sleep. I mean that's what Crystal, you know, Crystal had twins. Her belly was out about this far. She couldn't touch her fingertips when she had the twins. She couldn't touch her fingertips around. Her. But to add people, it's difficult in this world to add people. But to add people in the body of Christ is not near as difficult. It's a much, much, much easier process. And I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> out of all the things that I've ever done, it is one of the most gratifying, satisfying, uplifting things that you've ever done. When you lead somebody to Christ, right, when you help somebody get saved, it's like uh, pick a sport, whatever you do. It's like hitting a home run or catching a big fish or killing a big buck. It is the greatest thing ever. Why? Because instantly you have changed their future forever. We're not just talking about changing. You know, look, if you win the lottery or you, 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 you win a big job or you buy a new car, it's going to make you smile for a little while. And that gleam is going to eventually go away, right? You can spend all the money. The car is going to get old. I mean, <clears throat> y'all know when you get a new car, right? You dodge all the limbs and, and, and you don't go down the rock roads and you drive slow and you wash it every week. And I mean, that's what you do, right? You vacuum it out and you make sure you knock your shoes off. But what happens after you keep that car for a little while? Yeah, it'd be all right. Get in. Let's go. I can go mudding in it, or I can go down this road, or don't worry about it, I'll drive in the bushes, it's okay. But as we, <clears throat> so even the, 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 the material things that we have, whether it's a house or a car or, or anything else, it has a lifespan on it that it is eventually going to fail. But when you introduce somebody into the body of Christ, that is a forever decision. <clears throat> That's not something that the new gets knocked off. It's not something that, well, you know, yeah, they're a Christian, but no, you don't ever get over that. <clears throat> and when you have that opportunity to lead somebody to Christ, it is a, I'm telling you, a very satisfying, satisfying thing. All right, so let me see if I can go back to my spot. <clears throat> uh, verse 15, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, or would it be not for, the <clears throat> for that reason, stop being part of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would it be for a reason to stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing come? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell come? But in fact, God has placed the, body, the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them. <clears throat> See, when you, when you get to this, <clears throat> we say, well, I can't go witness to people because I'm not a preacher or i'm not a sunday school teacher or i'm not a pick whatever you think that is required to witness to people 
That is the same thing as saying, well, if I'm not an ear, then I can't help her. If I'm not an eye. I mean, if I was standing in a pulpit, things would be different. We would be doing different stuff. Right? None of y'all think that. I pray you don't. Anyway, <clears throat> as we build the body of Christ, it takes everybody involved in the building the body of Christ. It's not a one-man show or a one-lady show or anything else. As each part of the body of Christ comes together, <clears throat> we are supposed to grow the body. Um, I'm going to skip down to 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you are part of it. And God has placed the church, <clears throat> first of all, apostles and then prophets and then teachers. <clears throat> and then miracles and then gifts of healing and helping of guidance and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. I'm putting the no in there because everybody doesn't. I mean, it's not in here, but the answer is no. It's a rhetorical question. <clears throat> Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. Now, in just in case you don't know, in, in <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about, for the most part, the gifts of the Spirit, right? Speaking in tongues, the healing, all, all of the things in it, right? All of the gifts, that, that's 12.1. But we're just talking about the body today. <clears throat> so we are part of the body, and for the body to grow, we have to grow. <clears throat> you know, there's a, um, <laughs> you're not supposed to talk about politics, right? So you know, and it's not really politics. There is a group that, um, and if y'all support them, I'm sorry. <clears throat> there is a group that says the way you have more deer is to kill all the does. <clears throat> and the way you have more better deer is that you kill all the does. And then the folks I know that's doing that, all of a sudden their deer numbers are down and they are baffled at it. Now, I don't care what you're raising, whether it's deer or rabbits or fish or, <clears throat> or people or whatever. The more mamas you have, the more babies you have, right? That's just kind of how that works out. So for the body of Christ, the more Christians we have, the more Christians we have. However, <clears throat> you know, in nature, the deer doesn't think, you know, should I have a fawn this year? I'm still studying this year. I don't know if I have time for that in my, in my world. I don't know if I really should have another litter of rabbits this spring. Mm, I have other things. No, that's not what happens. Every spring, they raise a litter. Every spring, they raise offspring. Every spring, they raise offspring. There is, it's just nature. <clears throat> but humans are different. See, we make those decisions. Do I want to have offspring? Do I not want to have offspring? I want to finish my degree. I want to finish my career. I need to be here. I need to make this. I need to live there. <clears throat> but when we live in the body of Christ, we still make that conscious decision. It is not Christians just don't build more Christians. It's not nature. It takes effort. It takes decision making. It takes a little bit of grit. Because you have to... <clears throat> Very few times do you walk up somebody, introduce yourself, and go, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? And they say, sure, I would love to hear it. And they never heard it. And you lead them to God. That's not normally how that happens. 
It is, an, it is a long, ongoing process for the most part. Now, not always. I mean, first time I met Ma Marvin Connor, he, he was sitting where Joel's sitting right now. He, he come down the aisle crying. <clears throat> Ooh, that, I didn't cry in this part when I was preaching this sermon yesterday. He come down the aisle crying, and I led him to Jesus right here, right there. Right? And it changed his whole world. Now, I didn't know his name. That's not normally how it happens. Now, I would imagine Amanda had hours and hours and weeks and months and preparation into that. I just reaped the harvest. But normally when we lead somebody to Christ, it's not a, hey, how you doing? My name's Robbie. Would you like to know Jesus? All right, thank you. Here you go. It's a process. <clears throat> and there's risk involved. Right? When you open up and start talking about your faith, you, you immediately go to, are they going to think I'm crazy? Do they think that I'm weird? I don't want to be wrong. I want to make sure I'm telling them what I'm supposed to tell them. Maybe I don't know the word as good as I'm supposed to. What if they have questions that I can't answer? Right? Those are all natural responses. But the truth is, is that if you're saved, you know enough to get saved. And then if they need more than that, then you start bringing them to church. Right? And you start helping them read the Bible and you start studying with them. That's how you start to develop the body of Christ. It is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It is easy to get into the club, but it is difficult to convince people. And as the body of Christ, our number one goal should be that we live in such a way, in such a manner, that we behave ourselves a certain way that people want what we have. Now, a lot of times the world is jealous of what you have, and they want it, but they're not willing to do what you do to have it. But we're supposed to, as the body of Christ, live in a manner to where people want what we have. And that, a lot of times, opens the door into what makes us Christians, right? It opens the door to be able to tell them why we are different. What is, you know, something on the inside was a change in my life or changing my wife. Somebody used to sing that, right? Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my wife. That's it. <clears throat> but it, they want to know what happened. And when Marvin Connor, <clears throat> months after the, the, he got saved right here, it changed his whole world. And, and I think I've told you all this story before, but it goes really good with the sermon. I'm going to tell it again. He went into the lawyer's office that he was in a custody battle or whatever, and he went into his lawyer's office, and the lawyer had spent time with him, you know, over months. Over months. And he asked Marvin, what happened? Did you find God? And of course, Marvin, being the smart aleck that he was, said, now, I don't think God was lost. I'm pretty sure I was lost and God wasn't. <clears throat> but Marvin's change was so great that somebody who had known him for let's say 10 hours of communication, could tell such a difference in him that something changed. Now that's a pretty good testimony, right? That's a pretty good commercial. Like I said, when, when Marvin got saved, I didn't know Marvin's name. I think he told me, but he was crying and then I was crying and then we don't, I don't remember what else. I mean, but it was right here. <clears throat> so as the body of Christ grows, it is our responsibility to grow it. <clears throat> um, 
Ephesians. Did I skip one? Wait a minute, I skipped one. But never mind. Romans <clears throat> chapter 12, I'm sorry. Verse 3, for by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think <clears throat> of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment in accordance with faith. God has distributed each of you, for just as each of us has one body <clears throat> with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all of the other members, and we have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. <clears throat> See, there are folks in your life that you can reach that I can't reach. There are folks at your job that you reach, that you have influence in, that I can't reach. On your team, on your community, on your whatever. Your next-door neighbor, I don't know them. I mean, I know Mark's next-door neighbor, and I know Bob's next-door neighbor, right? And I know Michael and Linda's next-door neighbors. I know all of them. But in general... I don't know your next door neighbor. I don't have any influence in them. I don't have any influence over the people that you hang out with. I don't have any influence over the people that you <clears throat> hunt with, that you play ball with, that you do whatever. There are people that you know, and Facebook's kind of made that muddy, right? Because I end up with friends of friends of friends, and I have no idea who those people are. No clue. <clears throat> but let me tell you how I approach Facebook. I get a friend request, or you should know this person, and I go, did they need Jesus? Yes, they do. Click friend. <clears throat> that is my whole goal on Facebook. That's all I have Facebook for. That is the only reason I have Facebook is to spread the gospel. That is it. Because if y'all are friends with me on Facebook, you notice that's all I put on there. Every once in a while, I'll get tagged in a post with some little kids in it or you know, wish somebody a happy birthday. But in general, the only reason I have Facebook is to, to spread the gospel. <clears throat> and I always said that Facebook was the devil, and I'm still not 100% sure that that's not the truth. But if the devil's going to use stuff against me, I'm going to use his tools against him as well. So I don't have influence over the people you have influence in. I can't reach the cracks and crevices that you can reach. I can't talk to the people that you can talk to. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I just don't know them. <clears throat> There's no way to be connected, Right? So, everybody has their own place, and everybody has their own job, and you have folks on your list that are your people. <clears throat> you know, when we, um, if we ever have a funeral or, or, or whatever, you, the ladies of the church cook, and they'll like, you know, call this one, and then they'll call their family, and you call that one, and they'll call their family, and you call that one, and they call their group, right? You know, y'all know how that works, right? I don't know what the official is like, a telephone chain or whatever. That was back before they had, um, <clears throat> whatever, mass media. Granddaddy, one of the things that granddaddy wanted to do so bad, and I wouldn't, I didn't ever do it for him, and I, I regret it, but I don't really, <clears throat> is one of the guys in the pastor's conference with us had a phone system in their church that if something happened or there needed to be an announcement, they could go type it in at the church, and then the church would call all of the members' phones in the community where they would, everybody would know what was going on. And I said, Granddaddy, we can do the same thing with Facebook or cell phones or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. It calls everybody. 
It gives it to everybody. <clears throat> See, that's where we are. We're supposed to give this to everybody. And every once in a while, it's the, it's the inspector that comes and inspects the corner of the slab, or, or it's the cab driver if you're somewhere crazy, or, or it's the <clears throat> delivery driver that talks to you every Tuesday. It, it could be one of those people. But I have more concern and, and most motivated with the people that you talk to every day. The people that live in your house, the people that live next door, the people that live down the street, the people that you work with, the people that you communicate with every day. Right? <clears throat> Those people need Jesus. All right, let's go to Ephesians now. <clears throat> So if you go to Ephesians uh, chapter 4, and I'm going to start with verse 11. I'm not on 4. Oh, now I'm on 4. <clears throat> so Christ himself gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for the works of the service so that the body of Christ may build up until we have reached unity in the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure in the fullness of Christ. Man, if we can accomplish um, verses 12 and 13, I think Jesus would come back. To equip his people for the works of the service so that the body of Christ may build up until we have reached unity in the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God, to become mature in attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves or blown here and there by each wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love that we may grow and become in every respect a mature body of whom he is the head. So, that is Christ. <clears throat> so when we mature as the body of Christ, right? I mean, we don't need 10,000 toddlers. <clears throat> but the way this works is, is there's folks in here that's probably been saved 40, 50, 60, 70 years, right? <clears throat> and people that might be only saved a year or six months or whatever. We're all part of the same body, and we all grow and mature together. Now, everybody's not on the same level, and I don't... I don't think anybody ever expects the same performance out of all the pieces. But you have a job set in front of you, and you have a calling on your life in front of you that is your job. <clears throat> it might be just that one job. Think about Ananias. Everybody know who Ananias is? When Saul was on the road to Damascus, he was blinded and he was taken Right? And Ananias came to Saul, and then his name changed to Paul, right? The only reference of him in the entire Bible is that. He had one job. And God went to him and said, I want you to go pray for this guy. And he said, but Lord, he's the one that's spitting out hate and, and killing the Christians. How am I supposed to go talk to him? But I will, because I'm going to be obedient. Now, <clears throat> I'm sure it doesn't work like this, but in my petty little mind, I can imagine a roundtable discussion in heaven and all of the people talking about all the things that were accomplished and all the times and all the wonderful things where God showed up. And there's old Ananias sitting over there, leaned back in his chair, and he said, I mean, 
All I did was get Paul saved. You know, mother and that. I mean, he just wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He taught more about love, grace, and, and the unity of the body of Christ than any other author ever. But, I mean, you know, I only got like two paragraphs. But it's, it's good. It's good. I mean, I know y'all don't think like that. But, I mean, to me, if I was Ananias, I would be. I mean, you know, just, just Paul. I just got Paul saved. Yeah, whatever. No, no big deal. <clears throat> And I wonder in my petty little head, what would have happened if Ananias was not obedient? And the truth is, is I guarantee you God had the next plan and the next plan and the next plan lined up behind it. And Ananias might have not even been the first plan. He just was the one that got made the print, right? <clears throat> but Ananias changed history by going and being obedient to God and preaching the good news to this guy. And he changed the world. And you want to talk about a transformation, this guy went from killing and torturing the body of Christ as a whole to becoming the biggest martyr for the body of Christ. The man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who we've quoted in Corinthians and Romans and Ephesians today, the entire sermon has come out of his <clears throat> letters. What a change. See, the power of God on the inside of us changes people. It changes who you are. It changes your <clears throat> outlook. It changes your understanding. Isn't it? I mean, can you not? I mean, can you? I, I can't hardly remember not being saved. I got saved at a very young age. I have a pretty terrible testimony other than, praise God, I'm saved, right? I don't have that. I've been through the fire and back kind of testimony. But praise God, I don't. I mean, I, I, I'm happy to be who I am. But the opportunity... To give people hope and love and grace of God, it doesn't cost you anything. It's for free. That's what makes it special. Because if it wasn't, if it wasn't free, we would none be able to earn it. If it wasn't free, we wouldn't be included. I mean, think about it. <clears throat> if the Jews would have really did what they were supposed to do, I don't know that the salvation would have come to the Gentiles. Praise God it did. And so when Jesus died for our sins, and he gave us this opportunity to become part of the body of Christ, then our obligation is, is to continue to push the process. <clears throat> he said so himself. Did y'all know that? He said so himself. That's just your job. He gave us a job. Um, the gospel according to Matthew. <clears throat> and I, 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 Well, I'm going to read this and then I'll say it. <clears throat> um, 28 and I'll say 16. And then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Right? Been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even until the very end of the age. So go into all the world and preach the gospel and create disciples to grow the body of Christ. <clears throat> and I saw something when I studied for this this week. That really kind of, I don't know that I ever understood this. 
Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So let's say you have authority to go somewhere, right? You have authority to go pick a spot. I don't know, into the vestibule. You have authority to go to the vestibule. I said, all right, Jamie, you have authority to go into the vestibule. However, I need you to leave your pinky finger in here. You, you couldn't do that, huh? Because bot, your body goes as one piece, right? So if all of the authority in heaven was given to Jesus, and we're part of his body, and he's the head, do not I not have that same authority? Do not the body of Christ tote the authority of Christ? Has to, right? Because, I mean, how are you going to have the authority to walk through the door, but um, your left leg has got to stay, or your right arm can't go? Or your eyebrows, well, I don't got no eyebrows. Your eyebrows have to stay in here. Some of y'all's eyebrows come out of a, you paint them on. I, I've been trying to figure out if I could paint mine on too. It would give me a little bit of some something. Anyway, <clears throat> I know it's getting deep. I'm sorry. But if, if all of the authority of God is given to the body of Christ through Christ, then we walk in that same authority. So when he says go into the, all the world and spread the gospel, and create disciples. We have authority to do it. That's the hands and feet of Christ. We are the body of Christ. So we have this authority and the responsibility. <clears throat> now, here's the thing. Y'all know what the, the, the actual technical definition of having responsibility and not the authority Y'all know that's actually, a, we, me and Dr. Bill had this conversation this morning. There's actually a technical de- definition of that. Do y'all know what it is? No. So in my business degree, having responsibility to, to do a task, but not the authority to make the decision, is called dysfunctional management, right? It's called dysfunctional management. It's where you have responsibilities, but not the authority. So as the body of Christ, we have responsibility and the authority. To go into all the world and preach the gospel and raise disciples, right? And heal the sick and feed the hungry and clothe the naked, right? It's back to, if you do it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So when we, we go and start talking about who we are in the body of Christ and who we belong to, just think, you could be Ananias, You could lead somebody to the Lord that creates waves in the body of Christ for generations. Or you could be embarrassed and don't think you have the authority to do it and stay on the bench. I mean, that's really it. To build the body of Christ, the body of Christ has to show up and do what they're supposed to do. We have the responsibility and we have the authority. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done for us. Father, we just give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.